Hello. We're not, we won't start right away. I'm just recording it. I was like, <laughs> she's like, and me. I get stage fright. Boom. Here we go. Friends, welcome back to the Rachel LaForce show. That's right. It's me, Rachel LaForce, because why would you name your show after anything else but yourself? I am so excited today. If you have listened to other things I've put out about my um, birth experience, about my journey of being pregnant, of my very small amount of time of being a mother, we're at about six and a half months now. You've heard me talk about my angel, my doula, my friend. The wonderful, you can find her at Modern LA Doula. Please welcome Stacy Nicole Blackwell. Woohoo! Thank you for having me, Rachel. That was a beautiful entrance. You know, you're so welcome. You know that I know how to do it. Uh, this is so fun because you've been with me while I've birthed a son. You've come to comedy shows. You've seen me do that, you know, type of birth. And now you get to do this with me. This is so exciting. How fun. And you're such a multifaceted mama now. It's really cool to see you step into each of your roles, which is awesome. Yeah, thanks. I that in you. So we were kind of talking before we started about um, how we balance, like as we're moving through our own journeys that bring us to like our most authentic selves. And like, I think in our cases, um, our purposes really do align like with our work. I don't think that always happens for everyone. Like, I, I think you can still be like a marketing, you know, aficionado, but have your purpose be somewhere else. Like, I don't think they have to align, but I feel like in your and I's case, they are very much like, you know, simpatico in that way. And I was laughing because you were like, well, are you going to interview me? I'm like, well, I guess kind of because I really hired you because I had liked you long before I was looking for a doula because I had started following you because I loved your Instagram. <laughs> Remember, we bonded over. Bonded us. Oh, yeah. We bonded over sheets. Yeah. <laughs> Linen sheets. That's 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 gold, Rachel. That's gold. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I was like, oh, I like this woman. She gets it. Um, and so obviously, you know, we did like somewhat of like the traditional interview, et cetera. But I was like. I'm going to be going through something I've never experienced. This woman has done it three times in her own body. Like this is someone I trust, like you're it, let's do this. Um, but I didn't, you know, I really don't even know, like how long have you been doing this? How, like, how did you come to this work? Was it a thing where you were like, yes, this is it. Or was it like a slow kind of unraveling and like making, like kind of dipping a toe in and then getting closer, closer, closer. So that's a fun a fun uh, realization I had, I guess you could say, it was not a slow process, but looking back, and I'll tell the story, obviously, um, looking back, I realized, of course, like anything in life, every step I had taken along my journey, um, you know, even from childhood had really brought me full circle into this work. But um, when I found the work, I actually had a dear friend who knew that I was obsessed with all things birth. Um, at that point, in my life, I think it was 2018, I think, maybe 2019. Um, I had recently just gone through some really big shifts and changes. I used to work in the corporate world, 12 years, advertising, marketing. Um, it was definitely a past life um, that was all encompassing and not um, morally what I ever wanted. Any, um, you know, not, not necessarily anymore, but it was something that a few of the last few years I was in that career, I knew that it was not my home anymore, um, but I didn't really know what was. And I had always been a photographer. Um, and so one of my dear friends was like, you're obsessed with all things birth, um, just because she knew me really well. And she had a friend that was looking for a birth photographer and she recommended me. And I was like, I've never photographed a birth. I've never been to a birth that wasn't my own. Um, okay, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let me, let me talk to her. So I hop on a phone call with this woman, very excited and nervous. Um, had had the conversations with some other business people, like, do I charge her or not? You know, like, this is still something I do professionally. It's just a different type of format. So that was just an interesting kind of side, side note. But uh, I, long story short, 
got hired to be a birth photographer for the first time. And um, I just remember the first time being on call and like having my phone on all night and that experience and how funny it is now, you know, almost like four years later, it's literally like my life. That's um, all you do. <laughs> um, but back to that moment, basically I went to this birth and um, I was just the photographer and not just the photographer, it was still a big deal, but I really did get to see all aspects of a birth um, in a much, um, so it was a birth at a birthing center that actually, we stayed there for quite a while. She pushed for seven hours oh and then gosh. we ended up transferring to the hospital. Um, fun fact, same hospital you gave birth, Ooh. Uh, my first birth ever. Um, we transferred to the hospital and then she ended up having a cesarean. So I got to go into the surgery. So I literally, my first birth I've ever witnessed that wasn't one of my own. Um, here I am in a birthing center in the tub using all sorts of really cool, um, you know, variations for pushing and seeing midwife's work and seeing how the doula worked. Um, to be fairly honest, I really didn't know that much about doulas. I had heard about them. Um, I going to knock it too emotional here. I have a very dear friend that I lost in 2018. Actually, I lost, no, 2017. And she was a doula. Mm. Um, but I never really fully comprehended what it was she did, but she was one of the most magical humans I've ever met. And she was a very dear friend of mine. She actually um, taught me prenatal yoga um, when my son was in my womb and she blessed him. And there's a lot of synchronicities there. That's a whole nother story. But um, when she passed, I remember, and this is like, I should have had a, a little quote that said two years prior <laughs> <laughs> talking about sometimes I have a little ADD when I talk, but uh, basically when she passed, I remember feeling and thinking when I was at her funeral, I want to be just like Jacqueline. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's still to this day is someone that I know is one of my spirit guides. Um, whether I ever thought I would believe that or not, I feel her presence in everything I do. Mm -hmm. And it's not something, um, that I take for granted. I know that she is with me on this journey right now, um, being so busy as a birth worker. And, uh, I just feel so honored that, you know, I got to see this light from a different realm, but almost even after she was gone. Um, mm. So basically what happened at this birth, um, going back to that, I um, I basically just became the doula, to be honest. The doula there was incredible. She was super sweet. Um, she um, was, you know, a little bit more standoffish, which I understand and respect in the industry. There's a little bit of a dynamic around doulas and midwives that I had learned from her. Um, but anyways, I got to really see all different types of birth, right? Um, all the way to cesarean. So I left that birth realizing I want to be a doula. Um, and I said it with such confidence, but it was almost like word vomit. Like yeah. I didn't even know if I really did, but it like was, I was so confident. Like I knew I did. It was just something out. It was an out-of-body experience, hundred percent. And I had no doubts. Um, I think it was the next morning I woke up and I started hunting down, um, you know, where to, where to take a training and what does this look like? And took a very deep dive and I was signed up, I think two days later for my doula course. And I took it, I think it was two weeks later. Wow. Um, and then I went through the full nine month certification, but I started working in that time as well. So I was a fully certified doula within nine months of that birth. Um, uh, nine months within that birth. That's yeah. And how that's, fun that. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, that's the long short story. Um, but then, yeah, realizing that it was always my calling and I just had no idea. I didn't even really know what the work was, but then going back to my own um, personal stories of birth and having three totally different experiences. Um, honestly, when I was a pregnant mama, I thought doulas were only for home birth. I didn't think I could afford a doula. I didn't, I didn't, um, I just didn't know. Right. So that's really where I am trying to kind of bridge that gap and help people see it's not just for home birth. You know, I work in the hospitals probably 50% of the time and there's a lot of work to be done there as you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so wild. It, my whole body is activated talking to you. Cause I'm in my own way. I'm like, man, I'm also really emotional. Cause it like takes me back to, I mean, I'm still wrapping my head around giving birth 
like it's just so it, it all happens so fast and then so slow at the same time it's been a while and you know and I won't go into my whole like birth story because I've um I, I did that on an IG live but I'll actually I'm gonna um I'm going to release that as an episode probably after our episode so that people can like actually hear the the full story. And I, I talk a lot about you. Um, so I think that'd be- that I can't wait to hear that, but I'm also going to be starting a series and I'm going to have you on. If <gasps> yes, please. Yes. I, um, and I have, uh, the first photo of Jonah and I, you took, and that's framed in a, an eight by 10 in our room, um, of him on my chest. But yeah, it's, it really is wild. And I, it's in some ways I feel like, you know, obviously like hormones and postpartum was very rocky for me. Um, and so like now that Jonah's almost seven months and he's like a fully formed human in many ways and like has a personality, like he talks to me without talking, like we're in a routine. He knows mom and dad. Like now I'm like, Oh, Whoa. Like I just, just we just made you and like now like you're here and I I just think you know I don't know how you can give birth and not walk away with more spiritual insight (laughs) like I typically don't like to say things it's just like this is the way it is like I leave all this like open for people um and also not to say if you choose to not be a mom or um you know or a parent in general that you can't experience the joy of birth or the experience of birth. Um, you're just going to be experiencing it differently, but I mean, it was the most, and part of it, I did half of it. I did with, uh, without medication. And then the other half I did with medication, which was also interesting to kind of experience like both sides, both sides at the same time. And honestly, both were equally as trying for different reasons. Right? Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, yeah, it's just was so interesting, but I think what, what you're saying of, you know, that a lot of people don't know what I loved and I know is so much of like your mission and I'll let you share a little bit more about that too. But like the idea of like modern doula, meaning mm-hmm. that you have, you know, your own spiritual practices. And I feel like are a very spiritual person, very in tune. And then also very open to like really sharing and informing, um, the folks that you work with about medical interventions and really empowering people so that if, and when they have to make those decisions, they already have the education and the empowerment to know what choice works best for them which I think was so helpful and empowering for me um, because there are so many opinions around birth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, so- <laughs> it, yeah. It, like, that's okay. Like it's, it's, it's really to each their own. It really is. And I, I, uh, how do I say this? I struggle sometimes with this ideal that it has to be one way or the other. And some people are so hyper-focused on that. And I'll tell you, I have even colleagues that I am very close with that are all the way on either side and it's okay. You know, I got a phone call the other day from a colleague that's like, Hey, I talked to this potential client and you know what? I don't think I want to work with that type of a family for X reason here or there. You know, the dad didn't seem like he was into it. He didn't seem like he wanted it at all. He didn't seem like he even really cared about the process of birth. He was, you know, kind of rude. And she's like, I just don't have energy to do that. And I think you do not energy necessarily, but, um, basically we laughed and she was like, you can basically handle these types of people (laughs) and you're good at it. And it's something that I've always tried to bridge that gap. I've always been the type of person that was friends in high school with everyone. I was, I was, I had friends in the cheerleading group and the popular crew and the band nerds. And like, I get people on a, on a certain level. And I understand why there's so many opinions there. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, there's a lot of opinions in birth. But I think that's so great. And it's, it's interesting. I always think about, cause a lot of my, um, I'm not totally in it yet, but I'm kind of in this precipice of leaving quote unquote, my old life. And when I say old life, I'm talking about like comedy and that world and stepping into, you know, uh, 
I guess for me, like a higher calling in a sense. Um, and uh, so it's interesting because I always think there's things that you take with you from the first thing that you take into the second. So it's interesting hearing when you're talking about, oh, my old life and doing marketing, like being in a corporate environment, you are nursing so many egos just to get oh. the thing done. Holy well. And so that's such a great skill. Yeah. To take over to dads or family members or even, you know, yeah. the folks giving birth totally. and being able to manage those, but still be of service without it draining all of your energy is such a skill. Totally. totally. I mean, it's something that is, I'm so grateful to have, you know, like, of course I have moments of impatience and I have moments of frustration and maybe even judgment here and there secretly, you know, a little yeah. bit. Kind of thought, you know, but also I've seen dads sit on the couch on their cell phone through unmedicated birth, drinking tequila. No joke, Rachel. What? It's okay though, because the mom was okay with it. Yeah. Now, was she really okay with it? That's not my business. Yeah. But in that moment, she was happy. She was like, this is working. I, I'm glad you're happy, honey. I'm happy too. I have my doula. Let's do this. That that's your happy place, right? It's all about just oxytocin. So as long as everyone's happy and we're building oxytocin here, cool. Um, most women aren't going to be cool with that though. But yeah, it's interesting that I have such gratitude to the 12 years, even probably the last five being probably some of my most miserable years in a job, yeah. um, which really, I think pushed me full force to want to start my own business. Um, but I have so much of a background of knowing how to run a business, knowing how to have you know, a, a professionalism and emailing and scheduling and, you know, all the things. And then, yeah, like you said, knowing how to deal with big egos. I worked in a big industry with a lot of big egos and you know what? I can just skirt around it. I see through people. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I see yeah. you as a little three-year-old boy who was crying for his mommy one day and I'm sure yeah. you still are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's where big egos come from. Lots to compensate for, but, um, I, it's just so wild. I mean, I was so grateful. I mean, obviously like I, well, I married Alex for a myriad of reasons, but ultimately chose to marry him because we both had the same ideals when it came to a family and specifically to me being pregnant and with raising our son, Jonah, you know, where I was like, I am not, I'm not going to be where it's like, oh, mommy fixes everything. I obviously want to be I want to fulfill the shoes that I've bought for myself in a sense of like choosing to become a mother. And I want to live in that role and see how I can expand and all those things and be of service to my son and help raise him. But I'm choosing to have a, a kid with someone else to have a child with someone else. Yeah. So outside of breastfeeding, anything that mom can do, dad can do. And okay. it's, and I'm just so grateful to have, well, to myself for, you know, choosing a partner that, that yeah. was like, you know, into that, but it is where it's like, it makes it so much easier. I mean, we're balancing so many things right now. And like, we're both so stressed out and like trying to make deadlines and do, you know, just life, do all the things, but at least where it's like one parent on one parent off and like, there's no, and I just, it was so important to me. I'm like, no, no, no we're not going to decide to do that at three years old no. where patterns have already been set. We're yeah. doing it on, you know, day one. And um, it's so funny because, yeah, I mean, Alex was phenomenal in the in the birthing room. But I remember the only time I got frustrated with him was when we were pushing, mm -hmm. you know, and so it would be like a minute on a minute off or whatever, more or less. And he like sat down to grab his phone. Like, of course he did. He's been like also doing labor, although not physical. Yeah. In the sense of the way I was, but he's been doing labor for 24 hours, too. And I think he just sat down for a second and I. <laughs> we still laugh about this. I yelled at him from across the room and I go, get your head in the game. And he like, <laughs> I totally remember that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cause I was like right towards the end. And I was like, this baby's got to come. <laughs> I'm like, what are you, you're sitting down? Like, dude, my legs are in the air. Like this is go time. Like, what are you doing? Well, in just life with in parenting with Alex, have you said uh, it? <laughs> say again. Have you had to say it to him since like again? That should just be your quote in life. If he's I know, no, he he's like, head in the game. I know. School today. Sometimes he'll just say it to me, and like we'll both just start laughing. But That's no, I mean we're like you know in constant communication, which yeah. I think would probably be exhausting for some people, but. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, I think 
I've always been fascinated by people. I have um, a little bit of a background in psychology. I understand why people do what they do really well, um, partially because my father was uh, mentally ill, very severely mentally ill. So I grew up with a bipolar father who I literally saw him every other day become a completely different person. So of course, at a very young age, I had a lot of empathy. Um, whether I realized that's what was happening or not, I was very intrigued by this behavior, um, even though a lot of the brunt of it came to me, right, um, in a very abusive way. Um, it was very intriguing to me, and it gave me a lot of empathy to kind of understand, you know, people are really doing their best for the most part. Um, and so being able to show up and know that just because that's what you and I want, Rachel, right? Like, right. I want anything. I absolutely married a man who told me before we even got pregnant or got married, he was going to be a stay-at-home dad. And I knew that was going to be great for me because I knew that I am a very career-driven person and I like working and I love motherhood too, but I knew I needed a balance. So having a man that was going to be supportive and be right there by my side teamwork was how I wanted it as well. Um, and we both got it. So good yeah. <laughs> you know what we want and getting it. Um, but I also see so, I mean, I, I meet hundreds of families and I see the dynamic and I'll be honest, the first probably year of my career, I would walk away with not judgment, but just, uh, a little bit of a shock of like, oh, other relationships are so different sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, I've had, I've met families where they don't even share the same bed and they're our age, right? They're not these older people. This is just, they got married later in life and they just thought was their life and so mm. there's just been a lot of scenarios like that that have really opened my eyes even more to see people just where they are meet people where they are um and try to just you know guide them through this journey as best I can with where they are in their own relationships you know we can't force or change people if they're not ready yeah we can't want people to want the same things we want also so well yeah I mean and that's so much like I've really had to work on that of like my judgment and it's it's so hard because it's almost constant right because it's just kind of who we are we also judge things in order to keep ourselves safe right it's part of our ego that's left over from like oh that cave is dark I don't know what's in there so my ego is going we're not going to go there right it, it was there to keep you safe so so much of our judgmental behavior is just left over and I had this conversation with um another woman that was on my podcast and she was saying you know also so much of our judgment isn't our own it's what we've always heard other people say. So uh, when we hear that judgment go through our head, it's not even necessarily our own. So I've really had to work on that because I feel like for me to get good, for lack of a better word, but to get really good at this at this work and what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I, I also have to come from that place of neutrality. Yeah. Like th this is what works for me, but it doesn't mean that it works for everybody. And I think to your point, especially with giving birth, Mm -hmm. especially with giving birth. Yeah. It is wild to me that anyone would think that there's one way to do it. For instance, just like you shared, you're like, I've, I had, you know, three births, all of them wildly different. Mm -hmm. So it's just, totally. it's, it's such a misnomer for me. And especially even with like raising babies. And now there's like, I actually, which maybe I should read a little bit more. There's maybe some things I could be doing to help Jonah along, but like, you know, I, like when people are like, oh, are you doing this thing or this thing or this thing? And I'm like, not really. He's kind of fallen into his own schedule and we kind of keep him on that. And, you know, he's trying different foods like he's standing up. By him, he's moving around. He's sitting up. He's breathing, Rachel, look for us. Okay? Yeah. Like, I mean, he's doing all the things. And like, that's a whole other thing, right? Like this whole parenting journey. And that's a lot of what made me just kind of have this neutrality because I was a very young mom um, for Los Angeles when we had Zoe, our oldest. Um, I think I was 25, maybe 26, 25. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I joined some mommy groups here and there. Actually, Mark joined the mommy groups first and made sure <laughs> Um, he got hit up in a coffee shop when baby Zoe was like six months old. This lady came up to him and said, are you a stay at home dad? Cause they were rare back then. Yeah. They were rare almost 13 years ago. And anyways, he, he got invited and he went and actually some of our best friends to this day are from that group. Um, I love that. I always recommend, you know, community and I always try to connect people, but back to what I was saying, uh, you know, it took me about probably 10 years of parenting here. I am almost 13 years to really be like, I don't give a fuck. You know, like what you do, you, you do what I do. I do, you know, because it's always going to be different. A hundred percent. I was not the mom really thinking about all of the things that needed to be done every day and having a schedule and a routine around it, but I was a damn good mom, you know, 
<laughs> and you are too. Yeah, no, thank you. And I, I, you know, but that goes back to everything where it's like, we're all living different experiences. Okay. And for some people, you know, I think I, I certainly, I see people in that way too, especially people that are very, um, either the women where, yeah, like my husband's on the couch and is not involved at all with me giving birth where it's like, that's a coping mechanism. That's what you've learned is like, you have to do everything and that, you know, your husband provides and you do everything else. It's, that's a learned thing. That's a generational pattern that's been handed to you. And whether you've had the space or the want to take a look at that and decide if you're really okay with it, or if it's just what's been passed down to you, like, I don't know your life, you know? And, and also some, some people are like, to your point are like, are okay with that. They don't, they don't need to be, you know, in charge or, you know, empowered or whatever into that. I'm like, I mean, I get, maybe that is easier. I don't know. You know what I mean? Sometimes those families that I see, and I think I should start like a podcast to write a book about families, obviously. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Discreetly, you know, there's no anonymously. Uh, but you know, a lot of times when it is like a 40, 45 year old mom who has always wanted kids, she's yearned since she was in her twenties and she finally fell in love later. And, you know, they have their own established lives and it's really like, this is kind of my journey and you're a part of it. Yes. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of single moms I work with too, moms that are, you know, getting pregnant through IVF just because they really have always wanted it. They never found a partner or they lost a partner or this or that. So, um, it's really the most exciting part of my job is the, the personalities and the people that I get to meet and understand on a deeper level with like my weird psychology mind of, you know, piecing it all together. It's just a really fun part. Well, and you're so good at that because like my only child brain popped up. I don't remember when it was, but it must have been like, um, you know, where like when you come into people's homes, you're so present with them and it feels like you're the only person in the world giving birth, you know, and then you'll look at your Instagram and I'm like, wait a minute, she's being this for all of these people, you know, which of so course, you I know, strive to be that way. And I know sometimes I fail hard because it is hard sometimes to really, of course. but I really do try to be fully present when I'm with someone, um, which is hard. I walk out of a meeting and I have 30 texts sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah. And then you're like, it's also, I mean, uh, yeah, you're also, not only are you balancing multiple schedules where there is like an actual, like quote unquote due date, like you're just like, well, we'll see, you know, and then things change and people, you know, the transfer. And so that was something else I wanted to talk about of, well, two things. And then you can let me know which one you want to talk about first. Okay. One, which is because I'm still keep trying to like, I feel like birth and death are the two things mm. that I, I don't even know how to like quantify them because there are so, it's so easy for us to just not think about time when mm. we're kind of in the middle of both of these things. Cause it's just like every day more or less feels the same. We're doing the same things. It's, Oh, I want this in the future. I'm working towards that thing. And there's no real sense of like magic or joy or realizing that all of this is temporary. Mm. And I wonder if that's shifted your, the way that you kind of move through your life or the way that you raise your kids and, you know, participate in your marriage of seeing so much birth. And sadly, I'm sure at some, at some points, you know, death before birth as well. And, and what, what does that mean to you and how, so that's kind of one part. And then the other part is I would imagine, I mean, I'm six months into postpartum and I'm just, where now I'm like, all right, we're figuring this out. We're coming back. I'm moving my body. I'm eating differently again. Like I just had to just kind of sit in it for a while. And I thought like I'd be a quote unquote bounce backer within two and a half, three months. And I was like, oh, (laughs) no, 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 no. Mom needs so much time to figure this out. So I just say that of like the amount of energy that it takes. And obviously you weren't the one giving birth in that way, but you are witnessing and being of service in all of these births. What do you do to recharge yourself so that you have the energy to participate in your life and then also have this be 
your job? So those are kind of the two different. Interestingly enough, both of the answers are very similar. Um, so I'll start with the life and death conversation. Um, I have experienced um, quite a bit of death in my life. I actually lost my father back in 2018 as well. It was a very big pivotal year for me. I um, lost my father in March. I found out, actually let's back up. In fact, I found out in February that my son had a neurological disorder um, called apraxia of speech. And then um, shortly after that, we found out he had autism. And then in March of that year, I actually lost my father to suicide. Um, and then in April of that year, I lost my 12 year career. So it was a big, um, big shift. Yeah. Big shift. And um, it really pulled me down into the trudges of who am I and why is this happening? And coming out of that and then finding um, this new career and this new excitement and this new joy and really jumping into it. Um, I really look back and the reason it makes me so emotional is that here I am 2022 sitting in a beautiful new home with a very happy family. Um, and I had to work really hard to get here and it, you know, it doesn't seem like that long of time, but it's, you know, in a short four years, I was able to transform and the answer is presence, right? Just being present in the present moment, one day at a time, because insane is parenthood. Six months in, great, Rachel. I'm proud of you for not jumping into it and bouncing back. The bounce back culture, that is where I will get opinionated. It's not a healthy culture, right? Yeah. We're not actually sitting and listening to our feelings. When my father passed um, and we had a very complicated relationship, I sat, literally, I sat and I stayed in bed for probably two weeks after. And I wrote and I journaled and I wrote and I cried and I listened to Enya and I, <laughs> and I drank wine and I literally barely moved from my bed. And you think that's a really deep, dark place, but you know what it was, but it's what transformed me. It's what allowed me to come back alive. And I feel like so much in death is just like birth. We have to be fully present to it. We can't deny ourselves the truths of the feelings we're having. And I did actually recently experience my first stillbirth with a client. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, it was terrible. You know, it's, it's, it, I, I didn't even really know what to do, even though I've been trained, it was my first time, right? It was my first, um, go at that. And I did have to tap into some resources and hit my network and really, really dive in to say and realize how am I going to help this family? Um, and it just always came back to just being there, just being present. They didn't need anything fancy from me. They didn't need anything other than my presence, right? Just like birthing yeah. mamas, that's all they need. And I've shifted so much, even since Jonah was born, my practice is so different because I'm constantly stopping and tuning in to what I'm doing, what's working, what's not working. How can I be fully present to myself, to my family when I'm with them and to each family when I'm with them and whether that be in prenatals or in birth. Um, and then talking about birthing families, you know, it's, it's a thousand percent presence, right? Your yeah. journey is going to shift and change and ebb and flow every sometimes hour. Something new could happen. You, you know that, Rachel. Yeah. Like There are so many things that can add up, whether you're in the hospital or you're at home. It's just being present, present to the emotions, present to the feelings, the sensations, tuning into your body, listening to what your body wants, not the bullshit of everyone else's stories or everyone else's ideals. Yeah. It's really about being present in life and death. That's what I see. And I, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting topic and I see so much how life and death are so similar. Um, and I've actually really put it on my heart to dive more into the work of the full spectrum doula that I technically am and how can I support more families through grief and loss and death and, um, I mean, I miscarriage even, you know, yeah. it's, it's a big, it's a big ordeal. I've experienced a miscarriage myself as well. Um, so, you know, just having again, that level of empathy for me is really important and just level of presence. So that's my short answer. Uh, being present is really the most important thing. And then after birth, in between birth, in between all the meetings, I'll be honest, some weeks, I don't see my kids a lot. 
um, you know, there's a joke or a meme online you can find that's like, be an entrepreneur, work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hours a week instead, you know, like it's it's really a lot of work to run your own business. And then on top of that, birth work is um, extremely um, filled with meetings and client conversations and interviews and emails and contracts and, um, you know, prenatals and then the actual birth. And then of course the recovery after, um, I am an empath. I sometimes Rachel will feel the actual like cramps or pains when I'm at a birth. Yeah. Obviously my body could just be aching from standing or moving <laughs> or pulling sure. a lot. Right. Um, so I've recently really found, what I want. I don't sleep well. So if I come home in the morning or the middle of the night, I don't sleep usually past like nine or 10 AM. Um, I can only get like a four hour nap after a birth usually, um, which is hard because I still wake up very tired, but I just can't day sleep very well. So I found that I really enjoy picking my children up from school on those days. Um, I try to cancel that day if I can, just to be present with my kids and, I find so much, no matter what the story is, when I see a child be born, or even if I haven't seen a child be born because someone had to go to cesarean and I wasn't allowed, or just the pulls of the energetic force of birth um, bring me back to my own children and just wanting to savor time with them and time with my own family. I, I have this um, I have this fleeting feeling that my children are growing so fast because they are. And I have an almost 13 year old and in two years, she's going to be driving and be out with her high school friends all the time. And I am all of a sudden just wanting to create as many family moments as I can. So after birth, the way I reset is spending time with my family outside of our home, usually going into nature, hiking, going to the beach, um, usually grabbing a really delicious meal somewhere, uh, it's really important to me to have uninterrupted time with the family, just being really present with each other. That's yeah. how I do it. And then of course, come home and take a bath or some form of self self care. <laughs> sure. No, I love it. I mean, I think so much of, I know I'm kind of on the, um, uh, I've got trying to figure out how I wanted to, to say this. Um, I have very elderly grandparents that we've been very blessed to have. I mean, in their late nineties, um, that, uh, I, you know, I've always been very close with. And obviously the death of folks when they're older is somehow like, I don't think the grief isn't easier, but it's easier because it's expected. They got to live a long life. Right. So there is that sense, but I know I have not experienced a lot of death in my life of people mm -hmm. I've experienced. It's interesting hearing you talk about all of the loss you had in 2018. And my 2018 year was very similar where mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I wonder if you were crying at the same time that I was crying. Um, <laughs> you know, cause similarly when I, I kind of was my, my rock bottom or my being cracked open, I think I sat for maybe two weeks and same thing, just like could not, I mean, just journaled and journaled and journaled and journaled and journal. I mean, because I had, it was just things that I hadn't accessed in so long and it was just so much that was coming up. And so, um, it's just interesting. I won't get into all the astrology of it as well, but I know I would be interested to see your birth chart. Um, because uh, I would love to dive more into that. And um, just because 2018 was a very, uh, pivotal year for a lot of people and kind of set this new trajectory. Yeah. Um, so it's always interesting when I connect with people that are kind of on obviously very different journeys, but kind of in that same of like, here's where this pivot happened and, you know, and, and a lot of death, whether like physical of other people or ego deaths or, you know, kind of all these things and this new shift. And so, you know, as somebody who, you know, and now similarly, where it's like four years later, when you were sharing about how grateful you are to have experienced this transformation and now being, you know, in this new home with your family and, you know, being in this new place and the amount of gratitude that you give yourself, I just want to like offer to you, like, yeah, that is fucking amazing. And you did do that work and you do deserve all the things and like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm it's like getting ready to move my family, you know, all the way to Atlanta and, and starting over doing all these things like, and I'm, 
Um, I'm you not. Know, you know that you're gonna get to your yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, where it's like you know, I, I know where we're going, and but it's also it's like yeah, I also know that like there's no way that I could be in this beautiful place that I'm at had I not from the moment I was cracked open, I could have been like all right, I'm just going to keep drinking or I'm just going to keep doing this thing because like, screw it, none of it matter or whatever. And it was that choosing to be present. So it's interesting if when you talk about, you know, I feel like so, I mean, when I was 18, I got be present tattooed on my wrist. Shout out to Chelsea Maxwell, who's I says, let go. Yeah. So yeah, you know, we're um, a white woman, uh, white woman's tattoos. Um, but it's still all the same. We're so woke. <laughs> like Totally. But, you know, but it is still all jokes aside, like very true of this idea of, you know, I did this on another episode recently of like how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. And it is that same idea of like, you know, for me, the hardest thing about giving birth was having to stay present through all of those emotions. I mean, from, from the week of before my due date leading up and then checking into the hospital, I mean, having to stay present and then you're really balancing, at least in my experience, body, mind, and soul. Yeah. Cause my soul knew that I was going to be okay. And that I'd done this before, even if this body hadn't, but this body, you know, my nervous system, I've had to do so much work to heal it from like other traumas, et cetera. So like it knew it was in this state of trauma and then my mind is filled with anxiety. And then you're trying to balance those and make informed decisions. And so I just think that's why I always encourage people to get doulas. I'm like, even if it's, I was like, I feel like the word has been co-opted of like, you know, green juice and like hemp. I'm like, sure there are those doulas available to you, but doula to me just means support person. Ultimately you're, you're having somebody who is going to educate you on a level and you can find doulas of all over the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that we really um, enjoyed about working with you and where you were very on board of like, Alex, I'm also going to be the person to support you because ultimately you are going to be supporting Rachel and therefore you're going to need support as mm-hmm. well. And I think, you know, I had to remember because it's easy when we're the ones giving birth of being like, oh, yeah, it's just so easy for you, you know, like talking to your partner. But if you have a very engaged partner, it's not because they are very helpless and they can't they can only do so much. And, um, (laughs) you know, Alex (laughs) still will tell people whenever we talk about giving birth and he's like, oh, I mean, she started chanting at one point like it was wild, (laughs) you know, and like epic, though, honestly. That was really great. And it worked for you. That was you being present, right? That was you tapping into what you needed in that moment. And it worked. So yeah, that's and again, it- that, that presence is so important. And yes, the partners, I really try to look at the whole family aspect, um, even down to siblings, honestly, even down to pets. Um, pets, I find are a lot of families firstborns. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of families who really, really, um, have a very strong relationship with their pets. Um, you'd be really surprised. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's true. a beautiful way. But again, just making sure the whole family feels supported. Obviously, dads are well. Dads, dads can be more important than pets if they want to be. Yeah, <laughs> they are obviously. Um, but yeah, it's really important to me that the whole family feels supported. And a lot of times, I'll leave a birth, and the dads are the ones hugging me. They maybe were the ones that were like, oh, I don't know if we need a doula, you know, that's honestly a lot of the reason why Mark and I didn't hire a doula because, well, and we also didn't know really that they were there for hospitals, but we thought, you know, being alone would be so sacred and so beautiful. And it was, I will say it was some really wonderful moments, but that's a lot of why, and I don't talk about my own personal stories, but this is a podcast, so I can, um, my second birth, uh, to our middle child, Indy, Mark, really struggled. Um, the first was actually a lot easier for me for X reason here or there. Um, Indy's birth was really hard. It was 16 hours, which I know isn't that long in the grand scheme of things, but it felt very long. Um, it was very traumatic for both of us. And after I gave birth, he basically almost passed out. Um, they sent her off to the nursery, which, I mean, these are all my whole, all of my birth stories, which I should and I will talk about one day are why I am the doula I am too, right? right. I had my children in the hospital. 
I was the person who trusted the doctors, trusted that advice. I was very undereducated. So that's why I do talk about interventions. And I do talk about, you know, if, if just making sure everyone feels fully educated because knowledge is power, right? And communication doesn't have to be confrontation, right? So being able to figure out what it is you want and have the knowledge to, to know what you can and can't do and then not being scared to communicate it to your provider. Basically, Mark almost passed out and he didn't follow our daughter to the nursery. And I was like, wait a minute, she's alone. And so it was just mm. this very traumatic. We were separated at birth and now my husband's over here passed out. A doula would have been really nice <laughs> yeah. in that moment, right? You know, it shouldn't all be on the partner is my point. It shouldn't also not be in my um, personal practice. I will never want to try to take over for the partner. I really encourage... Um, even in the families where the dad wants to sit on the couch and that's what they have planned, I encourage that communication in advance. I encourage conversations. I give a little bit of homework in our prenatals for conversations to happen. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, everyone needs support. And I don't want to take a role from a partner that may want that role. Um, I just want to be there to support both of them. So sometimes I am supporting the partner more than the mom even. Yeah, I would imagine that after having you in some people's homes, people have conversations they were not prepared to have with each other because, you know, <clears throat> that's the other thing. I'm sorry, I've just had like so many thoughts and visions for you that have come in over like the last 10 minutes. So I'm like trying to stay focused and listen to you. But I'm like, because the thing that's interesting, one, which is I definitely see you doing like a really cool Topanga Canyon coffee table book of your photos of life and presumably death at some point mm -hmm. and, and just all of these. And it's, you know, kind of like the um, kinfolk cookbook where it was like, yeah. they would take recipes, but then it's the story of how this recipe came to be. So it's the photo and then the story of the family, whether experiencing birth or death, because <clears throat> I think the reason that we fear it so much is a lot of us haven't experienced it. Mm -hmm. And and even those of us that really have, there's still this sense of aloneness. There's still very much this sense of, oh, we don't really talk about, we don't, we don't talk about death. And I think we're really doing ourselves a disservice. And, you know, I don't think I've not experienced enough of it myself. I don't think I'm the person to really lead the charge on, on how do we create this to be more mainstream, but you've definitely, um, this conversation has sparked for me of finding more and more of those people that are doing that work and really, you know, bringing that to the forefront, because I think it's something we really need to be talking about. But I also see you kind of doing, um, you know, like courses or something like that. So like in addition to having people utilize you as their like, you know, in-home doula and go and all these things of like, just doing kind of like educational courses uh, in addition to, so that way your curriculum is still different. There's still incentive to have you like, at, not to do like, you know, business meeting in the podcast, but I can't help but share but having, you know, doing, doing educational courses or something that, you know, could either be um, that are co-led by you and Mark kind of in addition to what you're doing with the, with your vibe circles, which will end on that. But um because I really think, you know, to your point, the other interesting thing, and this is a blanket statement, but primarily we haven't taught women how to advocate for themselves, how to trust themselves, right? These are conversations that we're all still really beginning to have. I think the tide is certainly shifting within, you know, Gen Z and things like that. Like I can even see it in your home. Like when I'm talking, you know, when I was able to talk and, and meet with your girls and it was like, oh yeah, they're, they're going to be more oh, than fine, you oh, know? Yeah. My daughter um, wore a bisexual flag around her neck at age 12 to school the other day. And I was really proud of her, you know, <laughs> you go girl. Yeah. Go girl. So, you know, it's like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm doing it. And this is, so I think, you know, when, when it comes to birth, education is so important because I think also women are, we assume if it's not the thing that we know everything about it is that like, Oh, I'll be a good girl and let other people do it. And that's the disservice. So I think, you know, really having that education because there's also um, a, a certain conversation that's also like any intervention is bad. And right. um, 
and this is just my opinion, um, you know, talk to your medical professional. Uh, this podcast is not here to uh, say that we know anything, even with all the degrees involved. Right. I'm simply saying just going to throw that disclaimer out there. They're like the Rachel Force show told me to do it. But <laughs> there I believe that Western medicine, when in balance with other practices, is wonderful. That's the reason why so many moms, myself included, I hemorrhaged. If I would have had, you know, given birth, even in the sixties, I probably would have not made it. Like there's all of these things that because of modern medicine, people live and they live through things that are very scary and they make it to the other side. And so I do think that empowering women to know that these tools are available and, but knowing when they are needed or, or learning from, for themselves, what their limits are of when they would decide that they would maybe want to introduce something, um, or knowing what they're available and then going, I still comfortable, you know, I'm still most comfortable giving birth at home or at a birthing center. Like right. you have to know what works for you because birth is body, mind, and soul. Awesome. And you have to, you know, to me, it's the closest thing to psychedelics, Mm -hmm. of the thing of like, you have to stay present through it. Like trying to run away from it is going to exacerbate it. Like you have to stay so omnipresent. Um, and that means set and setting. What is your set? What is your setting? Who's there? And what are your tools? If what's happening needs to change, do you have those tools prepared to do so? So I, I just think that you have so much as you continue to grow, in your journey, I really see this expanding, especially because you have the support and the artistic eye and the present father in Mark mm -hmm. that you guys could really continue to kind you know, um, really, you know, grow this out into a beautiful platform and, and really be helping people. And obviously the bandwidth of that, you know, requires a team and all these things, but, um, no, I think that's beautiful. And it's definitely something we've talked about and I definitely, um, you know, even just you've experienced the, the, you know, the educated birth cards I lay out and all the interventions and all the, you know, we talk about acupuncture, chiropractor, massage therapist, herbalist, nutritionist, uh, you know, all sorts of modalities for mind, body, spirit, yoga, meditations. We talk about all these things. Um, and I think those are more personal conversations to have, but I've definitely had this, uh, gut feeling for a long time that a lot of the intervention talk and a lot of the, I'm kind of like, I kind of get in teaching mode a little bit in prenatals. I don't really like that as much. Um, so I've thought about at least like pre-recording that part and then handing it over to at least my clients. And then yes, letting that expand into more of an educational platform we can offer. I'm curious, um, and we can talk about this offline too, yeah. what, what you envision Mark being a part of in that. Yeah. That's an interesting concept. Cause you know, Mark was my doula. Um, since I didn't have one, he really was, um, and still is frankly, you know, the guy that, a lot of times I channel my inner Mark when I'm out of birth, um, when it comes to massaging, he's, he's, he massaged my feet every night of every pregnancy. Like, you know, he's just has this like loving, nurturing soul that, um, is really have inspired my practice to be honest, which is really cool. That's my yeah. husband. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. Would, you know, and he's obviously, as you know, a big, a big part of the background of my business. He's definitely, um, he does a lot for modern LA doula. So very happy for that. I love it. So curious. Yeah. We could dive into that more later for sure. Oh yeah. I was like, anytime you want to, you want to talk business. In expansion. That book, I love your concept vision behind it. I uh, definitely have always thought about making some form of a coffee table book. Uh, at one point I thought it was going to be a cookbook, but then I was like, no, nah, I don't like that. Yeah, but you could always do a postpartum cookbook. <laughs> I don't like writing recipes. <laughs> All right. never mind. Scrap it. One Scrap it. Put, put it in the bio. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what do you, so it sounds like it's interesting that similarly, you're kind of, our journeys are, are, are different in many ways, but it kind of feel, I, I'm getting this sense from you of like leveling up that you've kind of ascended, you've leveled up to this next place. Mm -hmm. I know there's some um, things in your own journey and your own experience that it sounds like you're really kind of ready to tap into other parts of it and, and sit with it, as you say, or see how it expands you or how it informs you. And, you know, that you guys are in this really good place as a, as a family and everyone's like, you know, like growing and thriving and kind of moving through it. Do you, you know, are you in this place of kind of looking ahead or are you still in this place of like, I've worked so hard to get here. Like, it's just yummy and delicious and I'm staying in it. 
Yeah. So I think there's always about at least like 35% of me looking ahead, but I think right now it's really a, okay, we're kind of catching up from the pandemic. Um, Mm. I think that, you know, 2018 was really hard and then we kind of came to fruition. I started my business, um, you know, Mark and I have always run a business together. So he's also an entrepreneur. And so that's going on, but then we have the kids at home all of a sudden in 2020 and having three kids at home through a pandemic um, on top of helping my clients pivot their birth plans and move from hospitals to home and also learning how to be a doula in general on top of um, we had just found out about my son's autism. So it was a, it was a clusterfuck to be honest. It was a lie. It was really hard. So, and then obviously we're still in the pandemic here in 2022. <laughs> yeah. Things are still happening, but now the kids are back in school and we just moved into a bigger home that's given us more space um, and, you know, more of a breathing room to kind of be in this dynamic of a family where we are now. And like, I don't have toddlers anymore. I have full grown, you know, children that are almost as tall as me and wear the same size shoe as me and, um, you know, have very strong opinions. So having the space to breathe right now, we're just kind of breathing. We're just kind of like settling back in. Um, but I'm definitely always looking for growth and I have a million ideas all the time. And I have to remind myself that um, just getting through what I have today is the most important thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's always a little bit of growth, um, but we're just kind of, uh, you know, there's been a lot, a lot going on in this pandemic for a lot of people. So yeah. we're just kind of getting our footing back. Our, our kids are starting basketball again soon. They're starting, they just started parkour Um, and I'm definitely looking to take a week without meetings here soon. That's, it's just hard for me, right? It's a domino effect. Sometimes I get hired late in the game. And so I have to put two prenatals on the books and I already have this or that or this or that. And you'd be surprised just how my days fill up with meetings back to back. Sometimes I'm working 7am to 11pm and I can't even get to my emails. So trying to take more space, I think for me as a, um, human, <laughs> yeah, um, who is still processing, you know, a lot in my life. Yes, I've had this ascension or whatever you want to call it for sure. Um, but you know, there's still a lot of PTSD out there in terms of, uh, you know, grief and loss. You know, having a client lose a child, of course, brings up every loss that I've ever experienced, um, including, you know, my best friend lost three she had three miscarriages you know I feel as a collective soul loss on a deeper level so um the short long answer is I'm definitely looking ahead a little bit but I'm also really being present and also trying to kind of scale back a little bit right now because I kind of hit the ground running and my business grew much faster than I ever thought it would and I'm extremely grateful for the work I've already done and the work that I will be doing this year and the clients that I'm working with, the referrals that I get from clients and OBs and chiropractors and, um, you know, it's, uh, midwives. I don't know. I'm just, I'm still kind of having this like, um, visceral reaction of like, holy shit, this is happening. Like, this is mine. I built this. This is really, really awesome. And I'm really grateful. And, uh, yeah, where can I grow? But where can I also step back and be more present and uh, make sure I'm doing a good job of what I'm doing? Absolutely. Of course. (laughs) Well, I just want to say thank you so much because I know how busy you are. I know, I mean, anytime that we've, you know, met socially or I've brought you flowers or, you know, all of those things, I know it's always like, you know, which I'm, I'm really good at, you know, the walking and talking. So I'm like, oh yeah, let's, you know, Um, but I know how much that you juggle and I know, um, how draining so much of being present for yourself is and, and then choosing, you know, as a career to do it for other people. So I'm just really, really grateful to you for offering an hour of your time to me. Um, a, cause like, just as your friend, I love talking to you. Um, but I just think you're such a magical being and you, you know, choosing to guide women, families, people, persons through, birth, um, whether it's their first one or a second or a fifth, like every journey is its own and it's different. And, um, it's scary. It's scary because it is unknown and you don't know what the, I mean, we hope at the end, it's a healthy baby and healthy mom. Um, but sometimes there's a lot of steps and, and things to get there. I mean, it's the, you know, ultimate hero's journey, in my opinion. 
Um, and so I just want the world to know about you and, and if nothing else to know um, more about the access of doulas, maybe this will spawn something for somebody else or they hear this and they can recommend it to somebody else because I'm all about, we don't have to do this alone. We're not alone, um, whether that's birth or otherwise, and that there are people out there to support us. There's resources out there to support us. Um, and I, it's just a message that I want to amplify. So thank you so much. Where can we find you and all of those things? Well, I was going to say thank you for having me on here. It's oh, of course. To be able to speak freely and openly and kind of all over the place with you. I love our conversations as well. I feel very aligned with you. And I'm really, um, you know, hopeful that, like you said, people can see that there is a gap to be filled and that no matter where you're birthing, support is valuable. Um, and it really isn't about always learning all the right things to not be scared, like you talked about. Um, yeah. I really see, and I remember you saying it, I think you said something really was, or how hard this really was. The reality is no matter how much we teach or talk about it or prep people or how many books you read or podcasts you listen to, you really aren't going to experience it until you go through it. So having that presence and that support is really important. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Modern LA Doula. Uh, my website's coming soon. It's been coming soon for three years, but it's coming soon for real this time. ModernLADoula.com. And I think that's it. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, we will certainly, and I probably should end it and then do this offline, but also thank you so much for always supporting me and supporting my flower business and coming to, you know, uh, comedy shows and, you know, and, and all of that, because, um, obviously I'm sure your professionalism or boundaries are different with different people. And then I'm sure too, after you help them give birth, it's like, okay, we can be friends now. Um, but I just, you know, like I said, that was why I felt so aligned with you where, you know, I felt like I knew that I was going to want a doula. I wanted somebody to support me. I just wanted somebody to meet me where I was at of, um, you know, if I, something I always loved, you're like, I'll never tell you my opinion unless you ask. And if you ask, I'll give it to you. And I love that because I didn't want somebody to bullshit me. And there were at times where it's like, this is scary. I do need your opinion. Um, you know, or, or what was, I appreciated you sharing some of your experiences, uh, you know, with me about giving birth so that it, it's, it, um, it felt very personal because birth is very personal. So I just have so much gratitude to you. And I made an angel list the other day of all the, the angels that have, have really come to, to be with me or guides and things like that. And, and you were certainly somebody that I wrote down. So, um, it was I'm, such an honor. You and Alex really, you know, had a journey and it was, I, I see, and I know that it was a lot for you and I, it takes so much time to process that. And, you know, I really can't wait to have you on, whatever I'm going to be doing, uh, whatever it's called or yes, platform it's going to be on. I don't know, maybe a podcast. Uh, yeah. that's something I've been thinking about as well. So we'll see. I'll have yep. to take tips from you and Alex on that. Well, one. I was like, you know, that's what we do. So hit us up. We would be more than happy to, to help and facilitate in any way possible. Cause I certainly think, um, it's a great platform for that. And I think, um, I think especially in LA, it's such a great network for this type of work. But I also think there's so many places that don't, they don't have this type of work that, you know, even if they kind of learned about it, I had, um, I'll leave you with this, uh, my cousin, because at the time couldn't bring, um, a, they could only have one person in the room, like a doula or a parent. And so her mom, uh, became a certified doula Amazing. so that she was able to service both things. And yeah. I was like, that's just phenomenal. So I think that's just also great of letting people know, like, you know, this isn't something that's like, you know, you, you have to be like spiritual or grass. No. like, it's not this thing that's super far away that they, that there are it's support and it's tools and it's knowledge and it's information, um, that people all over can empower themselves with. And that's my biggest thing of, we don't all have to agree or think the same way. And we're all here to have our own different spiritual experiences but when we can truly educate ourselves and empower ourselves, that's where the real work comes in. So, um, and just, tapping into intuition, that's really the biggest part, right? That's oh. still 
finding your intuition. So you know what it is that's best for you and your family and your baby. And that's parenting too, you know? Oh yeah. We went down for having a special needs child. I don't like calling it that, but that's a journey and you learn about advocacy so hard. And that again, has brought me full circle into this work. So to what you're saying, people are doulas without certifications. There's yeah. doulas I know that don't aren't certified that didn't take the schooling and they're incredible doulas. So you don't have to build this big business side of things if you don't want. Some doulas don't run it that way and that's okay. Um, yeah, everyone, this has been the Rachel LaFour show. Uh, like I said, please go and check out all of Stacy's work at modern doula Ella or modern LA doula, uh, on all the places, uh, get in touch, find a doula near you, find a doula near you.com. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine they sponsor us? This is not a real thing guys. Don't go there. Could be, I don't know. Uh, this has been another episode of the Rachel LaFour show as always the best way to guide yourself. Tune out, tune in, love you, mean it.